of the um, of the uh, prayer. We see Rosh Hashanah. This is the day, the beginning of your works. And we're trying to understand why is it called the day, the beginning of your works. Well, it's not really the beginning. The beginning of creation, the day that God made the heavens and the earth. Shana, this is the day, the beginning of your works. We're trying to understand why. Okay. Oh, anyway, that's all good. So, when God made the whole world on the first day of creation, the whole world includes everything in the heavens, everything in the earth, and the subsequent days of creation, God took the material, so to speak, with which he made the world, and he formed all creation, just like man. Man was created from earth. It's not that on day six of creation, God created a new substance. It's rather, rather just God formed man on day six of creation. So everything was created on day one. So why are we calling day six the beginning of your works? What we learned was that the word this is the day actually means this is a day about this. This means, in Kabbalah and Chassidus, the word this means something that's vivid, you can point to with your finger and say, this is what it is. So, the purpose of the creation of the world is to give a home to God in the lowest realms. God wants us to make here in this physical world a home for Him. And the, the objective of creation is fulfilled through man. Man is able to reveal godliness in a vivid way. So, on the day that man was created, the purpose of creation was made possible, and therefore it's called a day of this. The goal of creation is that there should be revelation. We should point the finger and say, this is my God. Who is able to facilitate that there should be this, that there should be such a vivid revelation? This is man. So Rosh Hashanah is a day of this. It's a day of making, causing there to be a vivid revelation, and that's achieved by the creation of man. So to explain exactly of day six of creation, what exactly is um, given to the world through the creation of man, we start to explain the value of the creation uh, on day one of creation, and by contrasting day one with day six, we ought to fully understand the achievement uh, that man gives to creation and how man crowns creation um, by his achievements. So what we learned in the second section of this discourse is that on day one of creation, it was visible that God was world. That's why it's called day one of creation rather than the first day of creation. It could have been called Yom Rishon, which means the first day. It's called instead day one, and the Talmud says, because this is a day when it was obvious that the God was alone in the world. And further, on the day one of creation, God said, let there be light, talking about a revelation of that empower, talking about empowering the Jewish people to reveal the inner vitality of the world, to reveal the light of Hashem that's higher than creation, to reveal the essence of God in creation. So this, this revelation was not there on day one of creation, but God empowered us by saying, let there be light, to reveal this higher kind of light uh, by saying, let there be light. So in addition to all the greatness of the first day of creation that we learned till now in the in chapter, in second, third section of the discourse, the Rebbe continues to tell us more about the, the creation of day one, and through this to get more understanding about what Adam, what the creation of man adds to creation. 
So besides all the virtues discussed till now about the first day of creation, it's known that during all six days of creation, including the sixth day of creation, before the sin of the tree of knowledge, the whole world was like Gan Eden. The whole world was like heaven. Even today, heaven is a very lofty level. And how much more so, heaven, as heaven was when God made the world, was even greater. And yet, through the creation of man, on Rosh Hashanah, on the sixth day of creation, something was added to the world. So much so, that not only did Adam add to this world, but it says that God placed Adam in the garden, to work in the garden, to guard the garden. That means that God empowered Adam to add something to the garden, not just to add, add to this world, but Adam, through his service, able to draw down the infinite light of God in heaven. Although the world was created to be perfect, in the language of the Talmud, the world was created with all of its fullness, meaning it's fully perfect, as it says in the Torah. These are the chronicles of the heaven and earth. When God created them, the word chronicles could be written with two vavs or without two vavs. And it specifically writes in the Torah, God specifically writes these are the chronicles with two vavs to indicate that the world was created just like the word. The word is a full word. So to the heaven and earth, the God created were full. They were perfect. However, these this perfection that the world had, the way God made it, in the language of the Torah, these are the chronicles of the heaven and earth when God created it. So it, it was perfect from the perspective of creation. It was perfect. It was perfect. God made the world to be perfect. The language of the Gemara also is God made the world to be full. It was created to be full. So as a creature, it was a perfect creature. The world was a perfect world. But the perfection of creation has a measurement and has a limitation. Yes, it's considered perfect. As a creature of God, it's considered perfect. But only as a creature of God. Its, its creation is perfect. Its creation, however, as all creations, are limited and have a measurement. And through the service of man, there's something that's brought to the world, a light that's brought to the world that is beyond limitations and beyond the boundaries of creation. It says in another verse, the word chronicles. Regarding the child that Yehuda fathered, the Torah says, these are the chronicles of Peretz. The word Peretz, or the name Peretz, Peretz was a great-grandfather Mashiach. Mashiach is called, as we say on the Friday night, in our Friday night prayers, Ish Partsi, a man from Peretz. Peretz means to break all, down all boundaries and borders. So the chronicles of Peretz are beyond the chronicles of creation. The chronicles of creation are how the creation of a perfect world, perfect using the yardstick of creation. But the chronicles of Peretz, Peretz means to break down the borders, break down the limitations of creation. So the service of man is able to achieve something beyond limitations, beyond the measurements of creation. Yes, when God made the world, he was alone in the world. It was vivid how Hashem was alone in the world. It was something that the world could feel. However, the service of man doesn't just bring down a revelation of godliness in a similar way to the way it was when God made the world, but rather it's, he, man creates the chronicles of parrots. God creates, man creates 
a revelation of godliness beyond limitations of the world. And that's why Rosh Hashanah is called the day that God made man. Sorry, that's the reason why Rosh Hashanah is specifically on the day that God made man, not the day that God made the world, because the purpose and the essence of Rosh Hashanah is to draw down the level of this. As we learned earlier, it's a day of vivid revelation. This is what it is. To me, that means to draw down the essence of godliness that's beyond the, any connection to, the, to creation. To draw down the essence of godliness. Not the way Hashem is limited within creation, but to draw down the essence of godliness. And that's the meaning of the sentence in our prayers. This is the day, the beginning of your works, that, that this revelation, uh, this vivid revelation, which is called this, where is this revelation in your works in creation? That even in a world, that or, organically, the way it was made, was only able to receive a lower kind of revelation. As we learned yesterday, that day 25 of creation is also associated with a word. The word 25 is associated with the word ko. Chafhei spells the word ko. So the world was created to be a world of ko, which means so. When all prophets give prophecy, they said so is the word of God. Wasn't it clearly the word of God? It was something like the word of God they were experiencing. So to the world, when God made it, was ko. It was, it was experiencing some kind of a, a translucent revelation. So in a world that on its own, only is able to receive something ko, something that's a lower kind of revelation in this world, through man, there, God makes it possible for there to be revelation of zeh. That means this is this is what it is—a vivid, a a clear, crystal clear revelation beyond the revelation that existed when God made the world. Yes, it, there was—I used the word vivid before. Yes, they vividly felt the world vividly felt that Hashem was alone in the world when God made the world. But when God created man, He made it possible to draw down in the world the essence of God, this beyond creation, in a vivid way. So in a world which only has some a minimal amount of revelation, that in that world, for the creation of man, there's, it's now possible to reveal godliness in a vivid way, in a high level of godliness, and a, in a more vivid way. So vivid, to the extent you could say, this is my God. And where is this revelation? This revelation is in the physical world. As we say in our prayers of Shoshanah, all creatures should know that you created it. So the purpose of the creation of man is to bring down the revelation, the essence of godliness, a revelation which is well beyond creation. And that revelation should be in the world. And so therefore the sentence, this is the day, the beginning of your works, actually means in your works, there should, in your creation, in the physical world, which doesn't have this naturally, the physical doesn't have this kind of revelation, yet through the creation of man, it's possible to bring down the a revelation of the essence of godliness, which is beyond creation. And where should this revelation be? In the physical world. So that's why Rosh Hashanah is on the day that God created man, because the power to reveal the essence of godliness and the power that this revelation should be in the world is something the Jewish people possess. Jewish people are called man. Jewish people have a similarity to Adam. The word um, Adam is related to Adam Harishan. Adam, uh, the first man, is the name of every Jew, because a Jew is empowered by God to do what Adam did, to
to do what Adam was charged with, to reveal the essence of godliness in the physical world. So therefore, Rosh Hashanah is the day that God created Adam, because the role of Adam is to reveal the essence of godliness in the world, not just the the revelation of Ko, not just to, that the world should feel that God is alone in the world, but to reveal the essence of godliness in the physical world. That's the purpose of the creation of man. Then it continues now in the fourth section of the discourse. We could say that the power that a Jew has to draw down this level called this, to draw down this vivid revelation from the essence of godliness in the physical world, why do we have this power? This is because of the source of the soul of the Jew. And when God created man on the sixth day of creation, on the day of Rosh Hashanah, the Torah says, God blew into man a spirit of life, the body of man which was created from the earth. That was already there. That was already there on the first day of creation. The potential for man's body, the material with which man's body was created, was there on day one. What was new, what was novel, on day six of creation, is that God blew into man a spirit of life, the soul. So what this means is, the Torah emphasizes God blew into man a spirit of life. And the author Rebbe mentions how the Zohar says that whenever you blow, you have to use your gut to, to blow. To talk, you don't have to use your gut. In order to blow air, you have to blow from your gut. So the Alter Rebbe says that the source and root of the soul is in the essence of godliness. Just like when you... Um, blow air, you have to use blow from your gut so the Torah is specific and it says God blew into man a spirit of life to emphasize that the soul comes from the essence of God the Altrebbe does say in Tanya that just like the origin of a child is from the mind of the father so too the soul of every Jew is from the thought and wisdom of God and the thought and wisdom of God is not the essence of God. So the truth is that there is the way the soul is in its, in its real original root, and there is the way the soul develops as it descends into the world. So yes, we could say the source of the soul is in God's wisdom, but if we wanted to talk about its true source, which are really the first existence of the soul, there is there is the way the soul develops further and 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 is thus classified as the origin of the soul in God's wisdom. But that's a further development of the soul. That's not the that's not its real origin. It's like uh, perhaps um, coming, being born in one city and then some dramatic change happening in your life and therefore you're, you associate yourself with another city as your hometown. Perhaps that may um, give us some insight into this analogy, but there is the way the soul develops, the way the soul is drawn down into this physical world. And before that, the way the soul is in God's thoughts, in God's wisdom. And before that, the real origin of the soul is in God's essence. Just like by a father and son, the source of the son is the essence of the father literally the soul the son does not just come from the faculties of the father and that's why it's possible that a son can achieve more than his father and the reason why this is possible is because the source of the son is the essence of the soul of his father 
And in the essence of a person, you have all your faculties. So it's possible that maybe that your your father doesn't have the same ta- you have more talents than your father. And yet the origin of your talents actually come from your father. Because although your father may have deficiencies in various talents, in his in or various senses in the body, but that's only the um that's only the what is manifest in your father's body. If you talk, want to talk about the the essence of the soul of your father, in the essence of the soul of your father, your father is perfect and has all of his all, all of his faculties, because the essence doesn't have any deficiencies. So that's why it's possible for a child to surpass his father. The language of the Talmud, that the power of the son is greater than the power of the father. But that itself, why is the power of the son greater, greater than the power of the father? It's from the father. Why is the son better than the father? It's from the power of the father. That sentence can be read in two ways. The son's ability is greater than the power of the father. The word mem, the letter mem there is a contrasting letter. It says, let's say the, the son's power is greater. Or the letter mem could also mean from. The son's, the son's excellence and whatever it is, is from the power of the father. Because the son's origin is not from the, the soul of the father as it is in a body. Rather, the origin of the son is in the essence of the father's soul, where the, where the father is perfect. And so too the Jewish people, which the Jewish people are called the children of Hashem, as it says in the Torah, you are children to God, to Hashem your God, that their source is in the essence of God, beyond all our revelation. And therefore, in the souls of the Jewish people, there's a virtue that surpasses all the revelations in heaven. Just like we say that a son is, can have greater um, faculties, and greater senses, and greater uh, physical and spiritual abilities than his father, so too a Jew comes to the essence of God, and therefore a Jew can have something that surpasses all the revelation of God in the higher worlds. As the Talmud says, that there was a dispute in the Talmud, and a voice came out from heaven, the voice said that the opinion of the minority of Eliezer is the correct opinion. Now in our uh, system of Torah that God gave us, not the voice, but what it says in the Torah, is that when you have a dispute, you go by the majority. So the sages ignored the voice of God, and they ruled that the halacha does not follow Rabbi Lazar, although the voice of heaven said the opposite. So the sages of Israel happened after their disagreement with God, so to speak, asked Elijah, what was God doing at that moment? And Elijah said, God was smiling, and God said, my sons were victorious, my sons were victorious. So, let's dissect that statement. God said, my sons were victorious. The word that we're using over here for God, Kuchabrichu, refers to the infinite light of God, and Kuchabrichu actually means the Holy One blessed be He. Those, those terms denote various kinds of revelations of guidance. The Holy One refers to the way Hashem is trans- Hashem's transcendent light, beyond creation, beyond all the spiritual cosmos. The word blessed refers to the way Hashem's light descends into the world, to animate the world. The Holy One refers to God's infinity, God's transcendence. And the word blessed refer to the way God's infinity is filtered and contracted to animate all creation. 
So the Holy One, blessed be He, refers to how God's infinite light is filtered and contracted to be able to give each creature its shape and character and specific um, characteristics and properties. So since the souls of Israel, souls of the Jewish people, is in the essence of God, that means we're not just higher than, than God's imminence. We're not just higher than God's light that animates all creation. We're also beyond God's transcendence, God's transcendent light, God's infinite light. It's the, the souls of Israel originate from the essence of God, not from God's limited light, called Malikalam. Not from God's infinite light, called Sevikalam and rather the Jewish soul originates from the essence of God. And therefore, Kuchabrichel, therefore, the Holy One, blessed be He, which refers to the infinite and the finite light of God, what is that what is what is that level of godliness, those levels of godliness expressing when the Jewish court rules against the heavenly voice, that that those levels of godliness express my sons are victorious, my sons are victorious. This is very relevant to Shoshana. But Shoshana it says in the, Tal- the Talmud, the angels come before God, and they say to God, when is Rosh Hashanah? So God, so to speak, says that he doesn't know. And he says, let's go, you and I, you angels and I, God, let's go to the Jewish court in this world, and let's see when the Jewish court makes Rosh Hashanah. So that means the heavenly court is subservient to the court in this world, and, and, they, and, and they have to have the voice of the court of this world to get the verdict when Rosh Hashanah is. So the um, the... The, this concept of the Jewish people being victorious and they're having a say what happens in the higher world is very relevant to Rosh Hashanah because they cannot be Rosh Hashanah of the Jewish people declaring what Rosh Hashanah is. The Mzich Magid says that when the Talmud says that the Jewish people arose in God's thoughts, it's analogous to the image of a child which is engraved and etched in part and parcel of the father's thoughts. The father has in his mind an image of each child. But there's a difference between the way a father has the image of a child in his mind and the way that God has the image of every Jew in his mind. Every father has the image of the children that were born already in his mind. But God has the image of the Jewish people there even before, he, before that we were born. Even before there's a creation, the Jewish people, they're already engraved in God's thoughts. Because by God, the past and the future are the same. So, so this gives us even more of understanding how the source of the Jewish people is the essence of God. The Jewish people are called children to God, and the source of the Jewish, of Jewish souls is in God's essence. So the reason why we're able to bring down the essence of godliness is because the souls originate from the essence of godliness. The body of man was created in the one of creation, but the soul of man specifically, it says that God had to blow the soul into man, indicating that the soul comes from, so to speak, the gut of godliness, from the essence of godliness. And that's why the heavenly court's ruling is ignored by the court of the Jewish people. In fact, the heavenly court has to listen to the Jewish court in this world, and the Holy One, blessed be He, the infinite light of God, and the finite light of God, acknowledge the child, the Jewish people, the children of God, have a hierarchy. They are, they are in a higher echelon, so to speak, 
than those lights of God. Rather, they come from the essence of God. And therefore, the Lachic ruling follows that. So, in, in short, what we did today was uh, we learned, number one, more about the greatness of uh, the first day of creation. We learned about how on day one of creation, the world was like Ganeim. And yet, and the world was perfect, but the perfection the world had on day one of creation was limited. And that's why it says that told us Hashemayim Va'aretz, God made the chronicles of heaven and earth, says they were created to be perfect. However, through the creation of the Jewish people, the creation of man, there became, it became possible to bring to creation something which is beyond limitations of creation. Creation was perfect with the yardstick of a created being. But what was introduced to creation of man is to reveal the essence of God is far beyond creation. And that's what Shoshana specifically celebrated on the day that man was created because only man has the ability to bring down the essence of God. We explained why specifically a Jew has a relationship to the essence of God, and that's because the um, Jewish soul, the origin of the soul, is in the essence of God, and that's why a Jew is able to bring down the essence of Godliness in the physical world. And that is the meaning of the sentence we say in our davening, this is the day, the beginning of your works, the Jewish people are to be able to draw down this, the essence of Godliness, in your works, in, in creation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.